Welcome to the Guna Ramble, a Guna's World podcast. No gimmicks, no satire, just a little bit Arsenal. Hello, good evening and welcome to another, well, final edition of the Guna Ramble and its current guys. Uh, we are recording after tonight's nil-nil draw against uh, Chelsea. Uh, we're all a bit deflated. Um, we had so much to talk about. We had a lot of adrenaline pumping through our veins, coursing through our veins, expecting to come on um, to talk about a, a victory. But unfortunately, we're not. So, with that being the case, and being rather in a down mood, I'm going to introduce the guys for the last time. We've got Callum at Cal underscore Arsenal. We've got G- uh, Leo at Paroli24. And we've got Ethan's Padre, Mr. Inch Patches. Guys, what did you make of the game tonight? Let me start with you, Callum. Um, well, I was just saying beforehand, like, you know, this is, uh, it's so tense throughout the game and you're kind of just waiting for that release where we score a goal, you know, and it just didn't come and then suddenly at the end of the game, you just feel really deflated. And, um, but I think, I think it was just such a good opportunity to win because it would have been great if we could have won gone back to the top of the table at Christmas we finally put this Mourinho hoodoo behind us and and you know we would have really felt like we'd fight, you know we've beaten a big big teams this season but it would have been the biggest win of our season so far undoubtedly so it does feel like an opportunity missed especially with every other side in the top 8 winning and you know uh, to be honest I'm just glad to get out of this whole run of fixtures but the game tonight I don't know, I don't think we were that bad, but then we didn't do much. We weren't that good either, and, uh, you know, Chelsea came for the draw, Mourinho set them out as such, and they got what they wanted, so, you know, you, you feel that the, the point was definitely better for them than it was for us, but, mm. so yeah, a little, a little bit disappointed, really. Each, mm-hmm. um, Mourinho came on afterwards, uh, in the post-match interview, and he said, um, you know, both sides went out to attack, but both sides set out not to lose as well. Do you, do you agree with that assessment, or do you think, um, you have an alternative view of that? What do you reckon? No, pretty much. I think that um, the whole thing was a cagey affair. And um, I think we never really go to a game um, and and set up to draw. We never do that. Whereas Mourinho has been guilty of that many times in the past. Um, but he would never admit it. He would just say, oh, we set up not to lose. But, you know, it, tonight I think that um, neither team... Um, you know, we, we both, as he said, we, we didn't want to lose. They didn't want to lose because the consequences of either team losing would have been uh, much worse than just picking up a point. You know, but um, you know, both sides attacked, but nowhere near as much as they normally would, which which shows in in the stats. You know, we didn't have many chances. They didn't have many chances. The chances that were created were like half chances, really, because everybody defended. Um, and the first half hour. Both teams were so nervous they couldn't even find their teammates, you know, with a pass. It was so cagey and tight and everybody was closing it down. You know, it wasn't enjoyable to watch, but there was so, there was just a lot at stake, really. And I think both teams knew that and that none of the players wanted to be the one that, that fucked up and gave the ball away in the final third. So mm. everybody was just trying to stick to do their job. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Leo, 
you know, uh, before the game, everyone was saying, you know, especially after the Man City defeat that we, you know, you know, and the, the run of results on, on, on the weekend that we, we have to go top, we have to win. It's a psychological thing, you know, being top at Xmas. I mean, what do you, what do you make of that, 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 I don't know if you want to call it a myth or urban legend or old wives tale or do you, do you think that there's, there is some sort of, um, there's some sort of, I don't know, um, you truth. know, truth in, in, in that statement. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has, you know, more meaning to the fans than it does to the players, honestly, mm. you know, and, and really, I mean, we're top, you know, second on goal difference. Yeah, so, joint top, yeah. I mean, we're basically there anyway, and I think over the last few years, the, the squad's shown that, you know, being a little bit behind in the spring, you know, gives them that little boot of the backside to, you know, finish strong. And we've proven that we can do that. So I don't I don't think that, you know, not being top is going to really have that much of an effect in a month or two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Kyle was saying, you know, it's just nice to get through this run of fixtures and now get on to some of the quote-unquote smaller sides. And those are the teams that I believe you have to beat to win the title, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's worth bearing in mind as well that, you know, if we do win the league this season, we were never going to do it by staying away at, uh, you know, top of the league from, from what, September, October to, to May. Mm-hmm. It so rarely happens. You know, I did it last year, but that was because the rest of the league was so off, off the pace. But you look at the, the league table now and it is just incredibly competitive. Especially, so it would have been, yeah. it would have been really, really difficult to stay away the whole time. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're still, no one, no one has more points than us mm-hmm. at this yeah. point. And, um, you know, if we, if we can, uh, you know, as uh, Leo says, you know, if we get back to beating the smaller teams like we did so well on that mm-hmm. great run, then we'll, we'll, we'll be top, um, within a few weeks. So. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's how we respond. Really. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we've, I think we've got, we've got West Ham on Boxing Day. Liverpool's got to go to Man City, haven't they? Next. A nice so, uh, draw will be good there. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, and if we if we win at Upton Park, then you know it's um, sets a cat amongst the pigeons. I, I want to ask the question though um, uh, to you, Inch. Coming, looking, uh, reviewing the year so far. Uh, coming on, th- if we look from when we, you know, we lost the first, the opening game of the season at uh, at home to Villa. Would you have Would you have believed anybody if they said to you? You know, don't worry, by, by Xmas we'll be top of the table. No, of course I wouldn't, mm. no. If you'd offered me that, I'd have snapped your arm off with a mm. bear trap. Mm. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a brilliant position to be in, joint yeah. top at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've, we've earned the right to be there, and we've just come through a vicious uh, group of games mm. that were all put too close together. Um, you know, it was a horrible schedule, mm. and we're still joint top, so I'll mm. take that. You know, um, we... You can argue that we should have held on to the 1-0 lead against Everton mm. and we should have done this and we should have, could have, would have. But ultimately, um, as Cal said, no one's got more points than us, so you can't complain. And, mm. um, you know, uh, we got West Ham, Fulham and, and, and Newcastle and games like that that we should win. Um, so maybe we can put a run together mm. and... Um, 
and see what happens. It, it's the same position of hoping other teams drop points. Mm. But the difference this season is that usually we're two positions below them and hoping they drop points. And, and 10 or 15 points behind as well, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm quite happy with where we are. Mm. And I said it in, in previous podcasts that it's not just about the points, it's the way we're playing to get them. And if we can get that form back that we had before that vicious run of games against, you know, Napoli, City, Man United, if we can get the form back that we had against teams like Southampton and Cardiff, you know, that sort of real buzzing, attacking, one-touch, beautiful passing, then, uh, you know, and, and there's no reason why we can't, then uh, we, we should put a good run together. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, Cal, um, Mike Dean's performance tonight, do you think it was a decisive factor in the game? Um, I wouldn't say decisive, but it certainly would have helped us out. I think it's a bit like um, on the opening day against Villa, you know, the, the Anthony Taylor that day was, was absolute shit, mm. but we lost the game because we weren't very good. Mm. I think today we drew the game because it was probably what each team deserved was a point. Mm. But, you know, Mikel was, could have broken out of Teta's leg, mm. not given... Uh, Williams completely taken Walker out. I mean, it's not the most obvious of penalties, but in my eyes, it was a penalty. And, um, yeah, I mean, that changes the game, doesn't it? If they're down to 10 men, you'd fancy us to score at least one. And, and, uh, you know, obviously if we get a penalty, we go one up and the game changes because Chelsea suddenly has to come out at us. So, yeah, I, I, Mike Dean, we, we have this awful record with him, uh, refereeing. Mm. Our games, and I really don't believe that's a co- It's weird how it, it's such an odd coincidence, you know, mm. the nicest thing you could call it. But it's, it's something about him, it's just the smugness of when he, he gives a decision against mm. you, you know, it's, it's just the, yeah, so I, I wouldn't, it's one of the, I wouldn't want to blame the referee for mm. the way we played today, um, but clearly he got a couple of decisions wrong today that, in my opinion, he bottled, and, mm. and, uh, you know, Chelsea came with a game plan today which was to, Defend deep and kick us a lot, and um, and they got away with it because, in my eyes, the referee bottled a big decision. So, you know, really, I think Mikel should have been off, should be banned for three games, and but you know, and that obviously changes the game. So yeah, okay. probably was a decisive factor, but at the same time, the point was probably fair. Same, same question to you, um, Inch. Um, you know, did you think that was a stonewall penalty? Should we have got a pen for that? I don't know. I mean, the thing is that <coughs> it's debatable because. Walcott was was falling forward as he likes to do, um, and um, he was falling forward before the contact. So you don't know whether he was falling over, which is something he does a lot, um, because he was off balance, or whether he's falling down because he saw um, the, the player coming and um, thought, right, he's going to hit me, so I'm, I'm going to start going down now. Mm. So I don't know. What, I, I don't know whether it was a dive. Or whether as he was falling, he actually got kicked. Because when you well, he, when he they, hooked when his showed, leg though, he yeah, hooked his definitely, leg. definitely yeah. hooked his leg. Mm-hmm. But when when I saw the the, the replay in slow motion, um, when his leg gets hooked, he's actually already at a forty five degree angle right. heading towards the floor. Let, let me so, let, let me give you let me give some examples. Let's go to the, I don't know if you saw the the, the incident in the recent West, uh, West Brom. Playing Chelsea away when um, Ramirez was through on goal and he, well, he threw himself, he threw himself down and got a penalty. Or well, when what happened in that game though was Ramirez threw himself into the player. Yes, you know, exactly. that's, that is, that's not a penalty. Yeah. Right, but they got they got a penalty, he didn't they? He's been taken. You yeah. can say that he's gone. He's felt the contact and yeah. exaggerated it somewhat. But at the end of the day, William has given him enough to bring him down. In my yeah. opinion, I exactly. Think. I, I think that was a stonewall penny. I think that's a penny every day of the week. And the thing is, it's funny because Mike Dean was actually known as the penalty giver. 
Not yeah. when it's Arsenal. Not when it's Arsenal, yeah. You know, uh, no, going back funny. to I, but going back to your, to your point, though. Arsenal cool. player, mm-hmm. and they were saying that nobody, we've had no rep more than him over the last 12 calendar months. Mm-hmm. I think we've had him four or five times. And in all the games that he's ever ref for Arsenal, he's only given us two penalties. So, Great. yeah. Yeah, there you are. It's just, it just seems weird. Yeah. Know? I mean, I don't want us to go on this victim complex with you oh, know, no, Martin no, no, or whatnot, no. but definitely, you know, um, and, and, and it, it, you, you say each that, you know, he was falling forward. When most, when most strikers are through on goal and the goalkeeper comes out, you know, they're falling forward before well, this. Man City. Yeah. You know. You know it happened to us at Man City. Yeah. You watch it in re- uh, slow motion. He's going down before Chesney is yeah. anywhere near him, yeah. and the ref bought it. Yeah. You know, the thing is with, with that one, though, is, is that Milner, in my opinion, is going to. He, well, there's not even an opinion. He is falling down and will hit the ground regardless of yeah. whether Chesney touches him. Walcott, I feel like he may have been leaning forward, but yeah. he doesn't go down until yeah. William. He feels the contact. And then yeah. kind of. You know, jabs it away. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're looking through Arsenal tinted glasses here, but I, I think mean, there's most no point, you know, there's no point crying over spilt milk. Yeah. But you feel like we've, we haven't got the rub of the green with the decisions this week or last. I, I think, and, I think, uh, if you look it at, feels a bit, bit raw, then it's, I think most neutrals should say that that was a stonewall. I mean, if you look at comparables, I mean, I, well, I haven't got any. Neville com- and Carragher yeah. said at half time. Yeah. Definitely. You know, um, was 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 Mikel's challenge on Arteta a uh, red cardable offence? Definitely. definitely. You can't do that in the modern game. You mm. can't. I know they're both going for the ball, mm. but he's clearly left something in there. And in the, you know, if Arteta's foot is planted into the grass and he yeah. goes through with enough, well, and he plants his leg on his his foot on mm. Arteta's leg, he can snap in two. Mm. You know, I don't care if it was a fifty-fifty. Mm. You know, if you're going in for those tackles and a player wins ahead of you, you can't go through on them like that. You know, plant your leg on his shin and say, "Oh, sorry, I'm just a bit too slow." It's not, and also the rain is an excuse. The commentator kept mm. saying that Slippery somehow that vindicated it, but it's not. You've mm. got to, you have, you have a responsibility to not do that. And mm. in my eyes, again, the referee's bottled it. It was a straight red. What do you reckon, each? Well, how about Ramirez? Yep, yeah, I think Maria, Ramirez wasn't as that bad. Was yellow. That was a yellow. Uh, but the 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 um, what do you reckon of the 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 the, the Arteta, Arteta uh, Mikel's tackle on Arteta inch? Well, um, it's difficult for me to say because my fucking sky dish <laughs> kept stopping the game every three seconds. So, you know, the rain and wind just absolutely ruined that game for me. Yeah. I was watching it like... The believe in better, eh? Sorry? Believe in better is their motto, isn't it, then, Monica? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, oh, you, can, you can have this incredible HT picture on your 42 inch screen you can watch long it as long as it doesn't rain 4D, 5D yeah as long as it doesn't rain on the no trees yeah just yeah. Never I'm, I'm switching to some kind of underground cable TV now I'm fucking adding up but yeah the, the commentary was like cutting out every two two seconds they were like from here it's just drove me insane but anyway I, to cut a long story short I, I could barely even watch the replay of that I saw Mikel's foot um, smashing into Arteta's Arte shin mm. but I couldn't tell how late he was because mm. my fucking telly wouldn't, you know, wouldn't work so well, the half time Gary Neville was arguing that it wasn't a red mm. and here's, here's, here's the defence which is the only real defence you can have of it is mm. that they're both going in for the ball and Arteta wins it first but then you know Cat Rod Jamie Carragher was saying which I completely agree with is that in the modern game it doesn't matter if you're both going in like that, if you end up, if at the end of the, whatever happens, if at the end of the tackle you, your your foot is planted firmly on somebody's shin, 
it's a red card, and mm. we should have. Uh, Torre did something similar to to um, Shiro yes. last week. Yeah, well, punished, yeah. and it just feels you know when that happens, you have two two games where mm. you know dodgy penalty goes against you. The red card in that game should have been a red card in this game. Mm. It, it, it's just um, again, I, I, like you said, uh, gee, I don't want to. Yeah. It does make like both mm. both the last two games we, they've not been particularly competent, and we've um, well, we've not got the rub of the green at all. While the refereeing has been poor both the last two matches, I don't really think that either one of them had, you know, an undue influence on the final result. Yeah. I think yeah. both games we got what we deserved in the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we were unlucky at the same time. Mm. I just think right, uh, right. Today, you know, I think we have to take a look at, you know, we have to take a bit of, you know, there's um people have a tendency to exaggerate one way or the other. You know, a lot of people are saying after the game, well, which I'm tending to lead towards, which is, you know, we, we still win the, the smaller teams. We'll be alright, but at the same time, you know, we've played Everton and Chelsea at home in the last couple of weeks and we've, we've drawn both games. You know, Man City won't, you know, they beat Everton, you'd, you'd probably bet them on beating Chelsea at home. You kind of, you kind of feel that the thing is, have to, we're going to have to improve, you know. Yeah. Man United is the next big team we have at home, I think, in, in, in March. Yeah. We need to, we need to win a big home game. We beat Liverpool, we beat Spurs, which is a good start, but, um, I'm a bit disappointed with, you know, City away, losing that doesn't bother me too much because it's the hardest game of the season, but, yeah. In my eyes, we need to do better against um, against teams at home. And uh, well, yeah, Man United at home. Oh yeah, I, I fancy us to beat them. I think yeah. we will actually. I think we'll, well, then I, I thought we'd win tonight. So um, I don't. Know, I just think people need to. You know, it needs to be a bit, a, a bit of a happy medium. You know, at the end of the day, we are second. No, you know, level on points in Liverpool. We could well be top of the league by a couple of points or so in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we do need to improve well, um, on the way we played the last few I, weeks. I, can I just, can I, I just want to say that, um, okay, you, you're saying we need to beat one of the big teams, and I, I suppose for for the fans and for the media and to an extent, I'm not maybe, necessarily yeah, in that because I think right. we have beaten a big team because mm-hmm. we beat Napoli, Dortmund, beat but Liverpool. I mean in the league, in the league, you know. Well, I think the only team you think the only team above us are Liverpool, and we've beaten them, so yeah. that's. A, you know, all right, so what I'm saying is, is you know, all the other teams around have, have dropped points against the smaller teams. We haven't really done that. So even if we come out second or third best in the top four mini league, if we if we show the consistency of beating the the lesser teams, that might work out in our favour when it all shakes out at the end of the season. I mean, I take I take I take us maybe winning only one game. If, 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 or, or beating one of the, 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 the big four teams, if it means we win the championship. I wouldn't really get, I mean. No, no, of course you, you wouldn't know. take any my, fucking my, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But my, my point is, is that perhaps, um, is that, you know, you look at, like, for example, the reason we probably we're ahead of City at the moment is because City have been poor away from home mm-hmm. and that we have beaten the smaller teams consistently. Now City are starting to get a lot better away from home mm-hmm. and I would, I would say it's more likely the city suddenly become quite good away from home than us. You know, we have to rely on beating every because we are going to have off days. You know, we are going to lose, probably going to lose or drop points to these smaller teams. And as soon as that happens, if we don't have these results against the big teams to fall back on, then we're going to fall away because you would expect City will improve. Liverpool look brilliant at the moment. I don't know. I just think as much as I agree that beating the smaller teams makes a big difference. We can't keep relying on that and that alone to see us through if we want to win the league. Okay, uh, Leo, let me come. Let me come to you. What, what, what point have you got to make on this? Well, I was reading an article. I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago, when the debate about how we have to have results against the top teams 
and, you know, it's a build-up to these last couple games. In 2008-2009, Manchester United finished with 90 points and mm. just ran away with the title. Mm. Against the teams that finished second through seventh, they only took 18 points in the entire season. There you go. The teams that finished the bottom 12 places, they took 70 of 72 points. So, you know, while I'm not saying that we could do that, but, you know, it just goes to show that just because you don't have, you know, the top, the best record in the top four table or whatever you want to call it doesn't mean that you can't go on and win the season. Mm. You know, it's it's those games against the weaker sides that can be, you know. What decides, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what decides. I, I, I just think um, there needs to be, we need to get better at beating the bigger sides, especially at home. Uh, because I don't think we'll that run we had after the Villa game, you know, where we beat Fulham, Sunderland, I don't know, six, seven games in the bounce, we might not have that again and then we might fall away. So right. I don't know, I just think I think there needs to be you know, if you look at the last three Premier League games against City, against Everton, against Chelsea, you know, losing City, fair enough. I think against either Chelsea or or, or Everton we should have beaten one of them. And uh and we failed to do so. And and really we put in the thing with tonight is that even though Chelsea defended it, uh, pretty well, the amount of stray passes that were going, and you know, you think back to you know, the game where we, early in the season when we were passing around so brilliantly, you think, well, where's where's all that gone? Because it seems that we've really dropped off the. Like we haven't seen us play that kind of vigour that we, we played with early in the season for a little while now. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm getting a little bit worried, but at the same time, I'm not freaking out. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I sort of agree with with Callum in a way because. Whilst it is technically possible to lose to all the top four teams and pick up enough points off everybody else and win the title, um, I think there's there's all sorts of other, you know, uh, positives about actually beating those teams. I mean, if we if we did it that way and we didn't beat the top four but we won the title, we'd be so delirious that won the title we wouldn't really care how no, you know not. people say oh yeah but you never managed to beat Man United or you never beat us or whatever and you know we'd say yeah but fuck you we won the title so <laughs> it wouldn't really matter at the end of the day yeah. but the, the thing is that if you do beat a Man City or a Chelsea these these games are six pointers you know you're, you're preventing them from winning the title because yeah. they've dropped three points and, and at the moment there's I think they said after the game there's something like two points separating the top four teams top four so five, yeah. you know if, if you if you suddenly jump up by three and Chelsea stay exactly where they are you're getting away from them you know, so you, you've got, you have got to beat one of these big teams at least once or twice throughout the season. And it also sends a message out to the fans. It sends a message out to your other teams. You know, if you beat City, then Chelsea would be worried and vice versa. You know, it, and, and the players get a massive boost from it as well. I don't think the players want to be known as flat track bullies that can only beat Harlan, Norwich and mm. whatever. Mm. You know, they want to see themselves as title challengers and on a on a on a par with City and Chelsea quality wise, and they can't think of themselves like that if they constantly lose to these teams. Mm. I just you know, how can you think, how can you think? Sorry, just to, to, how can you believe um, that you are capable of winning the Champions League if you can't beat anyone in the top four? But in two thousand eight well, and nine, two thousand eight and nine, didn't Man United do that and win the? Champions League as well, well didn't I they? Think, I just think I don't think I don't think the players make a big deal about as much of a big deal out of it as, I, as the fans absolutely do, as the pundits do. I don't think any yeah. of these players are going. We can't beat these teams. Yeah. But at the same time, you look at tonight, you think Chelsea are rarely this weak. We are rarely this strong. 
you know, we've had a big rest. Going into Christmas could have been top of the league. And, you know, and this whole... And if we had one tonight, we would have really put to bed this whole Wenger-Mourinho hoodoo, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I disagree with you though about the players because I do think that one of the reasons why we started cagey tonight for the first half hour is because the players, you know, did doubt to an extent that their ability to beat these these players. I mean, you've got players like Mata and Oscar on the fucking bench. You know, their squad is unbelievable. And the players look at themselves and think, well, we've got Bentner on the bench, you know, and, uh, and Montreal on the bench. And, and, you know, and they think, well, you know, do we have enough to beat this team? And West, when we're on fire, yes, we do. But what if we're not? And the doubt starts to creep in. And, you know, when we lost to Man United, you know, we were tired when we lost to Man United. But I also think, again, it's a bit of a lack of belief because they always seem to do us at Old Trafford and the players know that and they're used to going there and getting beat and when you turn it around and you you, you know there's a change of fortunes and you start beating them at Old Trafford or you, you start being Chelsea, beating Chelsea at home then all of a sudden the players think well we've got nothing to fear now but they I, they did have something to fear today and they did fear it there was fear all over them as far as I was I don't concerned. think I don't think it's fear I just think that we we play a certain way and Mourinho especially is very good at knowing how to stop us from playing and it was more of a tactical issue rather than a, a confidence thing I don't think that's the case we were off our game today um, and I don't think that was because we're thinking God we've only got Monreal or Bender on the bench I think it was more of a to some days you have these off days and when Chelsea put a 10 man behind the ball and just try and frustrate you it can happen I would agree that winning a game like this would certainly boost confidence to a, a huge level but I, I, I don't think we're, we have this inferiority complex that some people make out we have. Okay, Leo? Yeah, I agree with Cal. I mean, I don't think that anybody gets to play at that level of football with any any inkling of self-doubt in mind. I mean, I highly doubt that they go out there and look at the other team and think that, oh, man, we're really in for it tonight. I mean, just look at players like even Bentner thinks he's the best striker to ever grace the pitch. <laughs> I mean... They've all got a little bit of that in, in them. You know, they might not vocalize it like Bentner does, and they might not, you know, speak out in the media, but self-doubt, I really doubt. I, I, yeah, but I, I don't that. mean that they doubt their ability individually. I mean, I'm sure they all think they're the greatest midfielder slash defender since sliced bread, but I just think when you go up against a team and you've gone up against them with different players because players in your squad have been bought and sold, and every time you go up against them, it doesn't matter where they are in a table, they always manage to beat you, whether it's 1-0, 5-0, whether it's the Carling Cup, the Champions League, you know, you, you just, as a team, you go up, come up against them and think, why can't we beat them? We never manage to beat them. And yeah. that is mm. always in the back of their mind. I think they, 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 they've got plenty of confidence as individuals, but as a team, they just, they just think we're, you know, this is not going to be, this is going to be a really difficult game. It's going to be more difficult than Cardiff, Southampton and all the others. This is going to, you know, we're going to absolutely have to be on fire. And then it just starts to, you know, that, that's the reason for the for all those sloppy passes in the first half an hour. If you look back at the Man United game, loads of sloppy passes as well. And there's the only reason for that is just people um, being a bit tense. You know, both sides were tense at the beginning of the, of the game, and I think it's just right. because they 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 don't want to lose against these big yeah. sides, and they keep losing to them, and they you know they they're all wound up by it. Yeah. I, I I I did sense for me watching the game, I I thought that we were playing with the handbrake on. 
You know, obviously you don't want to go pouring forward in the last five, ten minutes trying to win the game. You know, as as Wenger said recently, you know, I think he said after the game, you know, if you can't win the game, don't lose it. But there were, for large periods of the game, I was thinking if this was Southampton or someone else, you know what I mean, we probably would have, you know, taken the game to them. Yeah, taking the hangover, put a foot on the pedal, you know, put a foot on the gas a bit more. And, 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 and I think it's because of the fact that we're playing, that they know that the stakes are so high in this game. The stakes are that high that they don't really want to make a mistake, you know. Um, I just think what, what disappoints me is that if we think back to that Napoli game at home, we speak about it most weeks, but we just blew them away. And I really thought tonight we would come out and, and just play that kind of quick, intricate style that we, we, we play when we're at our best. And we haven't really seen that since the Napoli game. We've had some good results, but we haven't had that kind of free-flowing, carefree style of play. And it, it's, I'd like to see it again, really, It's because um, we're brilliant when we play at our best. We're, we're one of the best teams in the world when we do so, but um, we haven't really seen enough of it, I think. Yeah. I agree. That's what I thought we'd do as well. We'd come out and we'd dominate the midfield like we do against United sometimes and we string so many passes together they can't get the ball of us and, you know, we have a period of 20 minutes where we got like 75% possession and we're just, all the one-touch passing's clicking. I thought there would be long periods like that but we didn't manage that and, and like I said, constantly giving the ball away at the beginning of the game. That for me is just nerves. These are the it's same criminal. players that did that against Napoli. Mm. The same players. But they just they didn't fear Napoli, but maybe because they're an Italian team, maybe because they're an unknown quantity under Rafa, um, I don't know. But they just when they come up, come up against the old enemies, they just they just freeze up sometimes. Mm. Okay, do you well, we were coming off a uh, better run of results going into the Napoli game though too. So. True. Okay. Yeah. Mm. True. Do you think do you, uh, what was odd was that Wenger didn't make any substitutions tonight? I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I have to say that people are really freaking out about it and uh, using it as justification for him to lose his job, really? which I think is a bit silly. But, um, <laughs> Here we go. I don't, I, I don't understand it. Mm. I mean, I disagree with it because I think we could have done with. I think Cazorla needs could have is a kind of player who his invention might have might have his invention. I could have could have could have turned the game. Well, I just think that it, was, it wasn't like Rosicky, for example, was having a particularly great game or Ramsey, you know, and. Um, you know, when everyone's very tired, and I think Chelsea were as well, someone like Zola can, can get you a goal with a bit of brilliance. And Podolski, we would like to have seen, but we don't know how fit he is. I don't really understand it, to be honest. I don't understand why he didn't make those subs. That's a, Although, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't think we lost, we drew the game because mm. we didn't make a sub. Um, but yeah, I don't really get it. Yeah. Inch? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it was an odd one. Definitely, and uh, um, my feeling was that just that he had a look at his bench and he didn't really see anyone that he thought could change the game. It's still not an excuse because he should have tried, mm. but you know, um, he, he always makes substitutions, even if it's bringing on flipping Monreal. Well, he, brought, he brought Nabry and, and Benter on against City, mm. exactly. and he felt that Podolski or Cazorla could have done a better job this week. Well, Not exactly, really. but I, I just I just think maybe he looked at the bench and thought, well, Cazorla, yes, he's invented, but he hasn't been playing very well lately, or in my opinion, he hasn't. And um, also, he defensively, he's not as, as good as, as the players that are on the pitch, you know, like Rosicki and so on. So maybe it would leave us exposed if he if he uh, dribbled into the box and lost the ball. I don't know. And then he looks at Bentner and thinks, well, you know, what's he going to do against Chelsea's back four? Um, Podolski's, you know, lacking match sharpness. You know, and, and it doesn't leave you with much, does it? You know, wherever it was, Monreal, Jenkinson and the goalie. So I, I don't know. He, he may, might have just, 
you know, had a bit of a lack of faith in who was there. We would have loved to have seen Kazora and Podolski, but he maybe he just thought they're, they're not going to contribute much here. Um, but I, I, I'm surprised he didn't at least try. I mean, what have you got to lose? You know, bringing Podolski, maybe a 30-yard screamer for Podolski might have sealed it. I mm. Go on, um, I, uh, Leo. I think he probably had, you know, less in mind with the players and more in mind with, you know, the fixtures that we've got coming up. Because when you look at the calendar, today's the 23rd. Mm. The 26th, we're at West Ham. Mm. The 29th, we're at Newcastle. Mm. And on the 1st, we're home to Cardiff. Mm. So we've got three matches in the next week and a half. So, you know, perhaps he's trying to save some of those players to keep them fresh for, you know, Boxing Day and on the weekend. Yeah, but you'd think it'd be better to give Kazola, I mean, Kazola playing 20 minutes at the end with that really, you know, made him you know, consider be worse in the next game or two. I don't know. Maybe. You never know with Wenger, do you? But, um, yeah, it was odd. It was odd. It didn't really make sense. But mm. it's, uh, I think it's, it's it's a relatively moot point. I don't think it really made, made much of a difference. You know, Chelsea made all their subs, and what the fuck do they do? Nothing. So. Mm. <laughs> True. Okay. All right. Um, so, point shared. Joint top of the table, um, going on to the West Ham game. What do you guys think? What, do you think we should go out there? We're going to go out there and get a victory, um, Boxing Day? Do you think they're going to, or do you think the, the boys are going to be, you know, they're going to be stuffing their faces and, you know, coming out half, half, half cut out of a nightclub on Christmas night or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, um, Wiltshire's not going to be, so it doesn't matter if we see him smoking a fag and trying to get down some woman's, some woman's bra. So, you know, that'd be alright. So, but what do you guys reckon for the uh, West Ham game? Let's start with you, Leo. Um, I'm really hoping to see a good result. You know, I, I think that while we haven't got results we've wanted. I don't think we've played as poorly. You know, I, I I haven't I haven't actually watched the Chelsea match. I had to listen to it on my computer at work. But I think the city game we played well. We struggled a little bit defensively, but going to City, you know, they've just been scoring for fun there. So and then you have an injury to your center back, you have to bring on a substitute. You know, it's going to be, it's always going to be a tough time. So going to West Ham, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're really not on as bad a run of form as, you know, the results have shown. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, inch. Yeah, I think we'll smash West Ham. I mean, <laughs> they've been poor this season, haven't they? They haven't been able to score. Um, you know, defence is leaky. I, I'd be, I'd be very disappointed if we don't get at least three nil out of that. And I think it's a great opportunity to put this Chelsea game behind us, turn on the style again, and remind ourselves, you know, why we are joint top. You know, um, uh, Ramsey's been. Uh, poor, poor the last few games by his standards that he set himself mm. by smashing in goals non-stop this is a great opportunity to you know be a bit of a flat track bully and just um, you know knock another another few in maybe Giroud score one shut people up for a bit I think this is this is the opportunity to do that mm. um, and we should we should milk it for all it's worth okay Cal yeah, I mean, well, Giroud got his first ever Premier League goal at Upton Park last season. So he did. He'd like to think he he, he, he um, gets back to scoring form uh, in that game. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great game to have um, because West Ham are shit at the moment. Um, they've got you know so little going forward, and I think you know um, 
whoever's in defence will be fine. I really, really want us to see because we haven't won for four, four games now, and it's um, I'm getting, you know, maybe it's greedy, but I'm, I'm, I want to see us win. I want to see us win by a few goals. So mm. I would, um, with with the Newcastle game um, in mind, I would certainly rotate the squad a little bit. I wouldn't rush yeah. Koscielny back. I'd start for Marlon. I think he had mm. a good game tonight. Yeah. Um, I'd perhaps even bring Jenkinson and, and Monreal in. Flamini should definitely start. Perhaps Kivateta. I think Retro Watteta got two shades of shit kicked out of him, didn't he? Tonight, yeah. so he could do with the rest. Podolski. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because you don't really know how fit he is. But I'd love to see him start. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think we realistically, I think defensively, we'll 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 be absolutely fine against them, even if we you know rest Sanya, Kashani, and, and Gibbs. Um, and I, you know, I just really want to see us get some swagger back because I think you know a lot of people over the last few weeks, I think, have forgotten. Why we're, you know, people, some people seem surprised that we're, we, you know, we're level on points with Liverpool because, you know, they've been in such great form and we've dropped off a little bit. But, you know, teams have the, you have these drops in the season and it's important to respond. So this is, um, you know, a great chance to, to get back at them, um, to get back, you know, get back to winning ways, especially with the Newcastle game coming up, which would be very hard. So. Yeah. I think three points is, is an absolute must, and yeah. I, I think we'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. Newcastle is, is, has really hit some form, haven't they? You they know, have. I mean, a shaky the start to the season. It's, really it's funny, funny Newcastle because you know they lost to Sunderland mm. and they've responded by beating Manchester United at mm. Old Trafford, mm. being Chelsea, and being Tottenham. Well, that isn't that great an achievement anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're they're a funny old side, you know. And you uh, you know, I think if, if the way they've been playing is going to be one of the hardest games you've had all season. Mm. So that's why really I'd like to see us give guys like Jenkinson and Monreal and, 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 and Podolski a, a run out against West Ham because mm. um, I think we don't particularly need to be at our best um, do you think that I'm going to ask uh, you guys do you think we're being a bit hard on ourselves I mean it's not like we're going through a negative spiral is it <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if we look at our neighbours up the road, you know, Tim Sherwood, you know, uh, uh, you know, fan, who's an Arsenal fan, you know, um, his, dad go, his dad goes to every game party. Yeah, apparently, yeah, he went, he went, he was there as a kid as well. I mean, you know, are we, are we, are we, we, are we being a bit too harsh on ourselves, Leo? What, what do you think? Well, as a fan, you want to win every game, don't mm. you? I mean, it's not really realistic, but I think. You know, I think it's just a combination of having a few games in a row where we haven't been able to win, and you know, them being against top, you know, top sides that were, were pretty close to in the title race, so they have that little bit extra edge to them. So, yeah, I, I, I'd say we're being a little bit rough on ourselves. I mean, eleven wins, three draws, three losses. Mm. If you would have told me that in August. I would have laughed at you saying there's no way. Mm. Inch. So, I mean. Yeah. Inch. It's not like we went out and spent 110 million or whatever, is it? <laughs> spent a whole load of, bought a whole load of attacking midfielders and some dud from Spain up front. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not that bad, is it? No, it's not that bad. I mean, whatever we've done in the past couple of weeks, we're still, um, better off than we thought we would be before the start of the season, you know, and especially after the Villa game, you know, everyone thought that's it, we're, we're going to finish 10th, so we, we turned that around, mm. and um, I think, you know, like I said, if you'd offered me this position now, I'd have bitten your arm off, and, uh, you know, okay, maybe in the Champions League we should have, we should have um, won the group, but, um, you know, so now we've got a tough tie, but we've beaten them in the past, mm. you know, so nothing's impossible, and, mm. we, you know, we joined top, 
you know, I, 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 yeah, we should we should be confident. We should feel good about where we are because mm. we're we're higher than um, we would have predicted. I think most Arsenal fans, you know, it's not it's not so much that we're being hard on ourselves, but we're so used to finishing, you know, um, third and fourth over the last few years, and and only just scraping fourth as well. Mm. Um, that now that we're uh, now that we're top, we're sort of being very cautious about it, you know, mm. and sort of expecting to do, have a massive dip at some point. Mm. You know, yeah. we haven't had it, mm. so mm. Um, let's just, if we can just not have the dip, mm. you know, that would be enough to win the title, just not having a dip, you know, mm. so we're not in a dip now, we, I don't think we are, because mm. we, we still got some points out of the tough games we've played, mm. so I, I think we're all right, you know, mm. I really right. do. Cal, do you think there's any chance that the, that mob from down the road will you know, uh, 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 catch us up or whatever, and then we'll be in a negative spiral no, come March, I think, April. I think one of the things about the season that's been good is that Tottenham are an afterthought. Mm. You know, Centurions Day ain't going to come on the last day of the season. Mm. It'll be an afterthought. But oh, mm. look, they can't catch us. Mm. Who gives a shit? Yeah, so <laughs> I just think, well, I think there needs to be some serious kind of evaluation of what we should expect this season because mm. you look at where we've been the last two seasons I mean we have in all seriousness we've only just scraped past Tottenham mm. um, and, and really we've only really done that because there are a bunch of bottlers mm. so to go from that to Premier League champions I mean it's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult and, and we've only really signed one player of note you know uh, so I think for us to be in the title race especially at this point of the season, is a great achievement. Um, we shouldn't be settling for it. We should be aiming for top. We should be buying a world-class striker in January if we can. But at the same time, I think some fans need to understand that in a league that is as competitive as the Premier League, with teams as good as Liverpool and Chelsea and Man City, it is incredibly difficult to go from where we've been in the last couple of seasons to, 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 to winning the league. So for me, it's all about progress. You know, I want to be able to challenge for the title this season Continue with us some progressive transfers in the transfer market, like we, like the Earths have won. We hope, you know, we hope it's heralded in a new era. So I'm I'm happy, all in all. I'm pretty pretty gutted after tonight, but as the season has played out at this point, I'm pretty pretty chuffed. So yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, let's move on to um, see our roundup really of the year's events. Um, I'm gonna let's 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 you know, uh, Cal, you came up with a suggestion we should do the uh, you know. Give our own suggestions for the match of the year and goal of the year and whatnot. So, Carl, I'm going to start with you. God, I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't think we want to do it now, so I haven't got a plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it's back to bite you in the arse. I know it has. It really has. So, I, well, I think match of the year. It's difficult to look past beating Bayern Munich in the Allianz Arena, and I know it sounds silly because we went out, but you look at where we've come as a club, and it all. It all really, this negative spiral talk after we lost the Spurs. We followed that game by beating Bayern. And you could make a case that if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have finished fourth that season because we wouldn't have had the belief. We don't finish fourth, we don't get Ertzel, we don't get Ertzel, we don't challenge for the title. I mean, you can't really make a particularly strong case for that, but there's an argument that that was it. So, But, but then again, beating Dortmund away, I don't know, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Goal, so I'm gonna stick. I'll stick with Bayern away, winning two 0 because that was a night that everyone read, written us off, and we, we, we really gave a good account for ourselves. Goal of the year, probably Ramsey's versus Liverpool. It was just, um, you know, to beat Liverpool 
when everyone was talking about how amazing Suarez and Sturridge were and, you know, how they were going to tear us a new arsehole, the SES. Yeah. Mm. And we ended up with Ramsey scoring that absolutely beauty of a goal. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't think I said, oh, the only goal I celebrated more than that would have been Kishonis at Newcastle on the last day of the season. But, um, yeah, so, uh, seeing as it was a rather hasty choice, I'm going to go with, <laughs> I'm going to go with Ramsey at Liverpool because it's still kind of fresh in the memory. So, cool. yeah. All right, uh, Inch. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't go for the Bayern one particularly. It was a great result, but ultimately it didn't mean anything because, you know, we, you know, we, we lost the first game to them. So, um, it's, it looks great on your CV, but it doesn't add up to much. Um, I, I think for me it's between the Napoli game and the Liverpool game, but the Napoli game because we just played so well. I mean, we, we were fantastic and blew them off the park. Amazing goal from Ozil. Um, and, and just this is a team that, that was supposed to have beaten us with all their Higuain and this, that and the other, you know. So, um, I love the way that we just pulverised them, but, um, but Liverpool, I think, maybe just slightly edges it because, as you say, um, the SAS, you know, the papers had a headline the next day, SAS gunned down because, you know, we won that game and the SAS did fuck all, you know, because she only had Suarez in his pocket and everyone was talking about, oh, Suarez is going to murder, murder Saka, you know, but it just didn't happen to keep Suarez and Sturridge quiet. Uh, for 90 minutes is a hell of an achievement mm. especially now when you think that Suarez is, is scoring like five goals a game or something stupid <laughs> he's the league's top scorer mm. um, he's, he's scored like a double hat-trick everywhere and he couldn't score against us you know mm. that is um, a bloody great achievement and we scored twice against them and it was just a real professional job it's a brilliant combination of defending superbly and attacking superbly in in the same game so that is a kind of all-round fabulous game you know the balance was right and, and that's the kind of performance where if we can copy that over to a, a, i don't know a game at home against man united or whatever then we can do it again and we can get points against these teams so that is really significant um goal of the year i think um it's between you know the team goal against norwich and ramsey's goal against and ramsey's goal against norwich which i loved because he just dropped a shoulder 15 times in the box put two norwich defenders on their ass and then smashed it past the keeper it was just absolutely delightful to watch and in a way it's a shame that we scored so many amazing goals in that game because if that had been the only goal of the game, you know, then yeah. Ramsey would have been sort of hailed as this super genius, mm. you know, type goal. But it, it, we, we scored an even better one in the same game. Mm. I don't know what it is about Norwich that brings out the best because Suarez absolutely murdered <laughs> the other day with like five world-class goals. But... Um, I think maybe the team goal just just edges it because it's so special. Um, and even though we know Arsenal can do that, I, I seriously doubt if another team is going to score a goal that good for the rest of the season, you know, as a team goal. Not as, as like a 50-yard pile driver by somebody, but just an actual one-touch team goal. He's probably not going to be better this season. Mm. Leo? <laughs> well, all right, we'll go on third. kind of puts me in a tight spot because... <laughs> Everything I thought of was already mentioned. <laughs> I'll be a little bit more decisive on my uh, game of the year than Inch was. The uh, two that he spoke of were, you know, two that were definitely top two on my list. But I, uh, I'm going to have to go with the uh, Napoli game just because that first half, it almost was like there was only one team out there. 
Uh, you know, Napoli, I don't think they had more than three touches consecutively the entire half. We just completely imposed our will on them, and it looked like men against boys. And going into that match, nobody, nobody would have even dreamed of seeing a performance like that out of Arsenal. And it just goes, you know, it, it reminded me of years gone by where we used to do that on a regular basis. And it's just nice to see that ability within this squad, you know, and on our day, we play some of the best football in the world. Okay. So I'm going to have to go with the Napoli performance. Mm-hmm. And then for, for goal of the year, you know, it was for my choice, it was down to Wilshire against Norwich or Rams against Liverpool. And as both have been mentioned, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll settle with uh, Ramsey's against Norwich. <laughs> Since that was probably third on my list. Okay, okay, uh, okay. And for me, I'm going to go with uh, you, uh, Leo. I, I'm just, you know, the atmosphere that was created uh, going into the Napoli game was just electric. You know, the, we had the North Bank chant and all that. You know, the, I mean, everybody was up for it. You know, I mean, the, uh, their their director had come on Sky Sports News and you know was giving all the uh, all the sartorial Italian elegance, you know, about you know, it was a bit smug actually before the game. So, you know, I was really looking forward to the game, um, and, and the atmosphere was fantastic. And we were we were at them from the off, you know, and it was just it was just brilliant. And for me, the 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 goal of this for me so far can't go can't go beyond um, uh, Wiltshire. I mean, Ramsey's goal was great. I remember saying it was like Tomba La Bomba the slalom run, but. <laughs> You know, um, you're not going to see the one touch. I mean, from our own half, you know, I think I think Wiltshire started off the moves. Either Wiltshire or Gibbs, I can't remember. Started off the move, and then, you know, the the series of the, the intricate. It was it was tick attacker in in its finest purest element form. You know what I mean? You know, so for me, that's got. There were so my, many points in that in that goal where it mm, could have gone wrong. It could have gone wrong exactly, but it didn't. You know, and and he and he hit it with his swinger as well, didn't he? He's right foot, you know. So for me, that's got to be the the goal of the year. All right. So what about player of the year, uh, Leo? Uh, sorry, uh, Inch. Um, player of the year. Well, I'm sure that a lot of people are going to say the same thing here, but um, y- you know, you can't look past Ramsey, can you? I mean, uh, at the beginning of the season, there were so many players on fire. You know, it was looking like it was going to be. You know, a, a toss-up between Giroud, Özil, and Ramsey, but then Giroud dropped off a bit. Özil um, went missing in a few games, but Ramsey just kept this incredible form up. Um, but uh, it, you almost want to give it to him for the turnaround as well, because it was so poor. You know, at the beginning of last season, um, you know, and now it, at the beginning of this season, he's just absolutely on fire. Um, and uh, it almost—he's so good that. Buying Urzel and all the all the actual um, hysteria around spending that amount of money and getting someone that good from Real Madrid has just been drowned out, you know. Because mm-hmm. all people are talking about is is how many goals Ramsey keeps knocking in and how brilliant he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to to be that good that you can actually change people's you know topic of conversation uh, says it all. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just hope he can he can carry that up because you know to coin the old cheesy phrase. He's like a new signing. Mm. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, um, let's go with you, Cal. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to go with Ramsey, isn't it? But I'm kind of torn between Koscielny or Mertesacker. Um, mm. And when you think over the course of the year, 
something that we look back at us at the Bayern game and that great run we've been on since, really. We've, we've re- we got fourth place last season because of our defensive stability. Um, and it's been Koscielny and Mertesacker who have been, who have formed this partnership that we haven't really seen since the days of, well, I don't know, since the Adams, Adams and Bold, perhaps. You know, we've had some good central defenders since, but I don't think there's been a partnership as good as these two. Um, and it's incredible, really. Just, it's so nice having faith in your back four again, especially your centre halves. Um, because, you know, since, since you've been on this, this eight, nine year trophy drought, we've had great midfielders, we've had some great strikers. We've always lacked that kind of great defensive unit that people have always said throughout the years, you know. Um, and really, for me, both of them have been a revelation, you know, mm-hmm. considering how they came in to the club. You know, both of them were criticised for making plenty of mistakes when they mm-hmm. first came. And in my eyes, they've evolved into two of the best defenders comfortably in the league and perhaps in Europe. So I'll probably just give it to Koscielny because he's more of an all-action kind of player. Um, and that, obviously that goal against Newcastle that got us fourth place was mm-hmm. huge. So, yeah, for me, I would give it to Lauren Koscielny, but huge, huge props to Perma Asaka as well, who's become, whether he's wearing the armband or not, you know, the leader in our team that has mm. really uh, set, a, set a shining example. And he, he so rarely has a bad game. Um, okay. So, yeah, I would just about give it to Koscielny. Okay, um, Leah. Uh, let's be honest. You've got to give it to Ramsey. <laughs> 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 I mean, I... I yeah. I appreciate what Kishelny and Mersacker have done. You know, and the defense has been pretty solid. We seem to give up our customary one goal a game most of the time, but, you know, it's always, you know, good enough. But Ramsey's just been, I mean, he's just been on a whole other level, hasn't he? He's been great. And, yeah. and, and like Inch was saying, you know, nobody really expected it after, you know, the last couple of years. And, yeah, he's been scoring goals, but I think one thing that he's been doing that, that's been overlooked is he's second in the squad in assists. Yeah. He's yeah. also providing, yeah. creating. Yeah. I mean, he's just been an absolute gem this mm. year, and it's, you know, and it's it's funny when you stop and think about it, he's only 22. Exactly. He's, it seems like he's been around for yeah. ages. He's like Walcott yeah. and all, was yeah. only 23, isn't yeah. he? He's been around since 2006 yeah. or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. Oh, I just, I'm excited, you know, to see the way that he's developed this season and, and then stop and think that, you know, you know God willing, we're going to be seeing another six, seven years of this. Mm. I'm, I'm excited. Mm. But you look at him and you, you do think, you know, with the likes of Lampard and Gerrard on the way out a little bit, that Ramsey has, has, the, he really does have the potential to be the next great British central midfielder, you know, because, mm. You know, for a while we thought it'd be Wilshire, and he's 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 not really been you know particularly great this season. But there's something about you know Ramsey, you, you, he's a complete midfielder, and I don't say that as in that he cannot improve because of course he can. But I mean, what can't he do? He can run all day, mm. he can tackle, mm. he's got great vision. And mm. now, I mean, they were talking about Jordan Henderson earlier this season, uh, on television earlier, who who's has a great had a great season. But what he is like now is kind of like what Ramsey was six months ago, playing very well. Mm but not able to score goals. And this season, especially at the beginning of the season, Ramsey just thought, I'm, I'm going to start scoring now. And he scored from mm. everywhere. Mm. He's just... I mean, we always... The thing is, we always knew he had that ability to find a pass because when he was coming through was um, as a kid, really? we always thought he would be the, the long-term successor to Fabregas. Mm. Um, and 
I mean, I don't think we ever really thought he'd be this good at scoring goals, though. And, um, I absolutely do not think he would. No, I mean, no, I mean, he just takes a Google search and go back and look at some of his misses. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I, you know, I honestly, some of those shots, I, I, I swear, I thought I'd never seen somebody that was worse at finishing than him. And then this just, year, it's just yeah. I just think you know, you've got to, you've got to give credit to Wenger for that because you know, um, well, I talk about per Mertesacker and Koscielny, they're two players that he could easily have. Um, Given up on six months into their careers mm. when they weren't really setting the you know the world alight. Mm. Ramsey's another player he could have given up on. You know when he gave him that contract what, at the end of last year, mm. twelve months ago, people were saying it's a mistake. Mm. Um, and now with you know he's, he's comfortably in the in the team of the year so far mm. for this season. So exactly. I, I just think um, yeah, when you look back at the year as a whole, you kind of think oh, it hasn't actually been that bad, has it? Mm. I think I think speaking not just about Ramsey but so many of the players have really stepped it up this season you know guys like Sanya have kind of regained their swagger I mean Wojciech Szczesny in my eyes has been one of the top three top three goalkeepers this season um, and all summer we were saying we should go and buy Julio Cesar or, or uh, Begovic because we need a new goalkeeper and, and now no one's saying that because mm. we have I can't uh, even remember who I was talking about <laughs> you know what Leo <laughs> I was going to say I've been, I've been, I've been a really harsh critic of Szczesny <laughs> I mean, you've just got to, I think you just got to give credit to these guys, because, um, I, I just, it makes me, it makes me, in some way it makes me, uh, a bit sad, really, because you think, if we were to win the weak league this season, and I, 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 you begin to fear that we're not going to, it would be, just be so incredible, because there's so many characters on the side that people had written off, people have said it would never be good enough. And, and if we win, mm. and if, but if we were to go and win the league this season with Chesney in goal, and Mertesack mm. and Kishon mm. in the heart of defence, Ramsey in the midfield. Sanya written off. Yeah, I mean, it just... And that's why, and that's why if I can just interject for a minute, Callum, right, um, if I can I'll mention my own person of the year, I think you're both... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, we just don't really care. You're the, you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> he does this every week. <laughs> right, if I can just get a word in edgeways. Um, All right, mate, just... <laughs> um, I think... Um, your your pick of did you say Koscielny or Mertesacker? Oh, I'm with Koscielny. Yeah, I, 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 well, any of those because you, you know they say strikers win games, but defenses win championships. And since you know, since the Tottenham game uh, last year when we won, when we lost at their place, they've been generally the best defensive partnership in the league by far, I reckon. Um, and then obviously you got you got you got Ramsey's ascension. And I think that people are very quick to write off Wiltshire. In a year's time we might be looking back and saying, Oh, do you remember when everyone was writing off Wiltshire and people on the forum were saying, Oh we, we should get rid of him, you know, blah blah blah, rare, rare, rare. You know, so You were there idiots so no one yeah. really thinks if you think we should get rid of Wiltshire then you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, but I mean even if you go on Twitter people are like, Oh Wiltshire needs to get his head out of his ass, this, that, the other everyone's well, giving yeah, but I mean, he's, he's taken a lot of flack. He's, he's taken a lot of flack. And I'm just hoping in a year's time we're going to look back and we'll be like, bloody hell, do you remember when blah, 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 you know? Yeah, I've got, uh, we've got no long-term concerns that Wilshire yeah. will come good. Yeah. He just needs to sort his attitude yeah. out a little bit. And, um, uh, yeah, but yeah. Cal, um, you mentioned, you made some very good points about, you, you mentioned various players and how various players were written off and how various players, if we were all managers or other people were managers of the club, they probably wouldn't be here now, and it's because of that that my person of the year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nominate Arsene Wenger, because you know he can be stubborn, he can be very French and ar- arrogant or whatever, you <laughs> he know. Can be very French. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you know. Can be arrogant, very friendly. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if he if, yeah, if he listened to us, if he listened to the fans, you know, Chesney wouldn't be in goal. Uh, Sanya would have, you know, he wouldn't be in the first. He'd probably been kicked out. You know, the club. Um, um, you know, Mertesacker would probably would have been sold. So would have Koscielny. Gibbs probably would have been replaced by somebody else. Ramsey would have been let go of a long time ago. You know, Giroud would have been, I mean, people still think we should replace with Giroud, but I mean, you know, this season he's, he's definitely come on. You know, there's a number of players that have really, because of Wenger's trust in them and his trust in his own philosophy and belief that these players will come good. Um, I've got, I, my person here is Wenger. And the thing is, I'm not, a, I am not an Arsene knows best person. You know, I don't want to be accused of that. I, 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 you know, I, I think you, you can criticise him as well as praise him with, with equal measure. But I just think, for me, you know, he's we've we've mentioned so many players and so many performances and so many standout team performances that you know you can't it cannot be it cannot go without being said that Wenger has got to be the basis of that he's got to be the foundation of that. You make a good point. I mean, you look at those lot down the road. I mean, they're, they've just given their reserve coach an eighteen-month contract. Mm. You know, they've they've had a terrible trouble pick, finding a, a good manager. Mm. And Wenger, as you said, he does have his flaws. He is French, um, but he. <laughs> we're not so racist against French. Let's just put it out there: we're not racist against <laughs> French people. No, of course not. I mean, I mean I'll put Sharon as my player of the year, yeah. and he's French. So I'm clearly not racist. But, um, <laughs> I just, I just think this. In the modern game, you know, you've got to... This isn't a popular opinion because people want to win at all costs. And, you know, some we had this discussion about Usmanov, didn't we, about last week? Mm. I mean, if Usmanov came in, we oh. could have... We, like, look at Chelsea tonight. They had William starting mm. 30 million. They left Oscar and Matter on the bench. Mm. What was 55 million pounds worth of talent yeah. in two players there? And <sighs> I don't want that. You know, I, I love having... Lauren Koscielny in the defence who mm. was bought from Lorient for 10 million mm. and has now become a 30 million pound player mm. you know I, there's something about that that I really like and for me as much as I've hated seeing us fall away over the last few years mm. and become something of a laughing stock you know I really hope I really think that if we were to do something this season and I believe we can that it would be such an incredible achievement and that you know I think some fans need to have some perspective and realise that what Wenger has done um, especially this season, you know, mm. it's really, it, it, it kind of feels like this could be the combination of, of some, of coming through the shit at uh, the other side and, and, and really top, doing something big. But we need to spend in January. Yeah. But on, um, on top of that, though, Cal, on top of that, Cal, if you look at, I mean, you look at, that, you know, how we performed through the summer and people, I mean, people were sharpening the knives. And then after the, the, the Villa game, I mean, he was as good as a dead man walking. It was like infamy, infamy. They've all got it infamy. You know what I mean? You know, um, he was a dead man walking and no one could have foreseen the turnaround. You know, even last season, people were saying, no, it wasn't Wenger or Bold that, you know, galvanized the team. It was the players that, that did it themselves. It was the players that got us fourth. You know, no one really wanted to give him credit, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I, I see, I see things better or you know, I, you know I, I'm, I've got greater vision than anybody else and so that's where, therefore I'm saying that Wenger's the greatest manager ever I'm, I'm not saying that it's just my personal opinion is that you know you can't have all that you can't you cannot have this turnaround without him you know him being integral to that really whatever you think about Wenger whether you want him in or you want him out you cannot deny that he has always done it his way for better or for worse, and he has always stuck with it. He's never walked away. It would have been very easy for him to have walked away after Bradford or after Blackburn or after we lost. You know, there's so many. He could have easily. I mean, 
people who say, you know, oh, we should just get rid of him, he could quite easily take any job in Europe. Real Madrid would take him at the drop of a hat, PSG, Monaco, and he could go to these clubs, he could get 150 million to spend in the summer, buy the title. But he doesn't want to do that, he wants to win it with Arsenal. And I think people sometimes need to realise that whilst as he, whilst he has his flaws, he is a world-class manager, and he, I really don't, I don't have I have more faith in him to do the job than anyone else out there really. I don't mm. I, I think he I whether or not he'll we'll ever get back to the way we were, you know, with the Invincibles or or in two thousand two or ninety eight, I don't know. But I really think at this moment in time the reason we have this squad of players, the reason why we're joint top of the league is because of, of Arsene Wenger. So yeah, I don't know, I just hope I just really hope that he can give the finger to everyone who doubted him by winning another major trophy. Because I, I would love yeah. that just more than anything. Yeah. To, to expand on that, you know, it's funny. I remember, I think it was probably 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. I was in grad school and I was taking a business leadership course. And the first day of class, we had to stand up in front of class. And, you know, this was all impromptu. You, you know, who is your leader that you want, you know, you idolize? And the first person that came to my mind was Wenger for the reason that he did things his way. Mm. You know, he didn't follow conventional thinking. Mm. He, you know, had his principles. He stuck to them. He knew that they would work, and he was persistent. And over the last five or six years, that has absolutely driven me up the wall about him. Mm. You know, what I yeah. liked about him before, mm. I've absolutely hated, but now it's come full circle. Yeah. You know, He's adapted. I think it's worth knowing, yeah. though, that he has adapted. You know, you, you look back, I always, for a few conversations I've had about Arsenal I've often pointed back to the United game where we lost 8-2 mm. and after that game we had that hurry I mean obviously we bought Santos the supermarket Park, dash yeah. but we, we look at the players we bought then we bought Mertesacker and Arteta who were in the mid-20s you know that we haven't we didn't we never really bought these kind of players it was always you know young players to be molded in the future and I think he realized that it wasn't going to work at this point and I think the reason that he's kept through things like the Bradford game and these horrible results we've had is because he knows that he's changed the way we're going to do things and it is beginning to come together um and he had that foresight that that was this season that we, mm. no one really else really saw. So, you know, we bought Arteta, we bought Mertesacker. Last summer we went and bought Giroud, Cazorla and Podolski, all mid-twenties in their prime or approaching mm. their prime. This summer, Ertz or Flamini, you know. Mm. So we suddenly amassed these group of players that are all in their mid-twenties. We've got some great young players as well. Mm. But suddenly there's a, from having no leaders in the dressing room, we've got Arteta, we've got Mertesacker, we've got Flamini, we've got... um Marlin, you know, mm. suddenly we've got all these players that are in the primes of their careers and they're mm. all very experienced. We've missed that. And I think mm. he, he knew, he gave up on the youth project, mm. um, on, you know, not around that period. Um, and it looks like, I think if we go on to do great things again with Wenger as manager, we'll look back at this period and think. It's an epiphany moment. Um, when we bought Arteta, when we bought Mertesacker, mm. there might have been rough signings, but there was a, there was a real change of emphasis mm. there where, where I think Wenger thought, you know what, this ain't going to work buying kids anymore because they keep, as soon as the, someone flashes the money, they don't have the faith mm. in the project that mm. I have. So he needed to change it. And I think... It's a good point. A good so point. I, I really, really hope that this, you know, he's got these British... You, see, you know, one of the things he said about the British players we have at the club is they're more loyal. Mm. So he obviously... He's, I think people who say things... One always most about criticism of Wenger is that people say, oh, he only wants fourth place. You know, you don't tell a man who has been at the very top of the game and say, you don't care anymore. Wenger, if Wenger didn't give a shit anymore, he wouldn't be at Arsenal anymore taking the abuse he's taken, um, just for finishing fourth place, you know. He wants to get back to the top. 
and whether and as Leo said, you know, sometimes he's perhaps been too stubborn with with his his philosophy, and, and perhaps we've suffered because of that. Um, I think that, and perhaps the the other moments for oil money in, in the English game. But I really do think that he's turned a corner, and he knew. And obviously, Urza this summer for big money. You know, mm. there's been a change of emphasis here that's been happening yeah. for the last two seasons, yeah, and that's what's got us through. I agree with um, what you. Yeah. I agree with a lot of what you say there, Cal, because a lot of people think that these things are happening in the short term. They're very reactive. They're not. I think these things have been put in place for quite some time. Yeah. You can't. You, you're a business. You're a business manager, um, Leo. You know that. You know these things are not. Really, you have to have a plan. You know, and these things yeah. don't happen overnight. You know. Um, these, are, these things are gradual. They, they, these things come into force gradually. The fact that he's, he seems like he's kind of he's, he's given up on the, the youth project. You can't do that overnight. It's it's happened over time. We're getting rid of these players, these young players that were were on fantastic wages for you know without having achieved anything. I think you know it, it's taken time. The deadwoods the deadwoods be the deadwood is being cut off, and now well, you know. Sorry. It's, it's in culmination. We still have Benner, don't we? We still have Benner just about, hey, you know. Hey, he scored against Oldham, haven't we? Hey, yeah, exactly. I mean, and he nearly scored, he would have scored against, he would have had a goal, he had a goal chalked off against Man City, so. Exactly. So, you know, watch out. <laughs> Sensei Benner's after you, Leo. Um, you know, so. Good. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I agree with a lot of what you say here, Cal. I agree with a lot of what you say I just think here. You look at, you've got to look at what, like, for example, Man City, they can afford to say to, to Atletico Madrid, yeah. how much you want for Aguero? Yeah. 38 million. Right. Here you go. We'll write you a check. Yeah. Barcelona, how much is Jaya Toy? 24 million. Right. 250 grand a week, okay? Yeah. You know, we can't do that. People, Piers Morgan was saying, oh, we should just go and buy Toy from City or whatever, these ridiculous right. things. Yeah. We have money, but we don't have, the thing is, we have our own money. We don't have, an oil, an oligarch's mm. money that isn't our money to spend. You know, we're we're, we're self-sustaining club, exactly. and you know, for us to go and spend forty-two million on Ursul, we had, there's a lot of care that goes into that deal because mm. it's our money that we've earned over the years mm. that we, we're spending. We can't just blow the money on fifty million on Torres and say, oh well, you know, we'll get more. You know, it's just so. For example, we can't buy a Yaya Torre, but we can buy an Aaron Ramsey and craft him into a, a great midfielder over the years. But when you do that, there's going to be dips in form. There's going to be games lost. There's going to be low points. But that's the way we've had to do it. Perhaps we could have spent more over the years, but we, we cannot compete financially on that same level. And whilst I don't buy the, you know, Wenger's done amazingly well, with the money we've had, mm. I think we could have spent more, could have been more mm. ambitious, mm. and some of the reason we didn't spend was because of the youth project that mm. ultimately failed. Yeah. But I think we have to be realistic and admit that well, one of the things I do love, frustrates me. I'd love to be able to go and buy Aguero for forty million, you know. Mm. But at the same time, I do also love the fact that we're buying these players mm. and moulding them into these great players. And at least now it feels like we're not a feeder club, you know. Mm. There's not this fear that Ramsey's going to go to yeah. Chelsea or Koscielny's going to go to Barcelona, mm. you know. It feels like we're, some people say we haven't got any good players left, but, you know, <laughs> I feel like we're now at a point where yeah. we're, whatever happens this season, it feels like we're on the up. You know, the last few years, especially the last two seasons, it feels like we're in stagnation. Mm. No longer does it feel like that. It feels like in the transfer market and on the pitch, we we're better, better than we've been yeah. and we've made a big step forward. So, yeah. you know, and it's nice talking about this because after, the ch- after tonight, I felt gutted after the result. But when you really stop and think about it, mm. we're a club on the up. Mm. You know, we might not be, we'd love to be top of the league by mm. five, six points, mm. but we're not. But we're still in a hell of a better place than we were last year where yeah. the title were, uh, was gone. Yeah. Leo, are we ahead of the curve? Are we ahead of the curve, do you think? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's a lot easier, it's a lot easier when you're Man City to, you know, 
cover up a bad decision that was made three years ago because mm. you've got that extra money just to throw at a problem. You know, and Arsenal doesn't have that le- that luxury. But I think that now we're starting to see that those decisions over the last couple of years, like signing Arteta and murder soccer and bringing Podolski in and Ozil this summer, and, you know, it's all starting to come around. And now everything's, you know, all those decisions have all been, you know, on the right path and they're starting to come together. And we're seeing those results. And, you know, it's funny how having a good first half makes you feel that much better because we've played like this second half of the last two seasons. But the problem was we played like it, you know, shit the first two, the first half of those two seasons. So we're, you know, playing catch up. But, you know, the whole psychology around the club, the fan base, everything is so much more positive this year. You know, we're talking about being in the title race in December instead of talking about, you know, can we finish are we going to be able to get back to four? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that this year we've definitely made that turn. Yeah. And, uh, it's nice to be, you know, looking down on the other, looking down on the opposition, on the, on the, on the rest of the field. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's still close. I Mm. mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, you know. But people talk about within three points Mm. top of the table, so. People talk about, you know, Chelsea having been a better point for them than us, but, you know, we're, we're second. They're, what, fifth, sixth? You know, obviously, a point in the Emirates probably is better for them. Okay, but, you know, we're still ahead of them, so. And, you know, we've hopefully got a favourable run of fixtures coming up. Yeah. It's, it's funny, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, mm. to not fall into this, this mentality where mm. game, you go game to game. I mean, I've, I've, after some games this season, I thought we we're going to win the league, you know, and then, yeah. and then you feel like a fucking idiot when you go and yeah. lose the next week or yeah. don't play very well. Yeah. And, uh, but then ultimately on days like tonight, I don't think you can write us off. I think you, you learn certain things, you know, and, um, for, you know, tonight I just thought weren't at our best. Chelsea came for the point. They got it need to step it up but we've got a, we've got a good run of fixtures coming up and uh, things we could work we could we, you know Liverpool have got to go to City and, and who else they've got another couple I of think they've got, they got City up. and Chelsea haven't they coming up yeah. soon so, two away know, games or something like that so yeah, yeah exactly so you know the last few the last two weeks you know all, everyone else has been watching on as we've had to play two the two title challenges mm. you know yeah. hopefully the next couple of weeks we can go about our business beating West Ham hopefully going to beat Newcastle Cardiff at home Whilst the other teams take points off each other, and some, that's when you can start to, um, you know, hopefully move up mm. into top place to first place cool. and, right. and uh, build up a bit of a gap again. But mm. yeah, it's it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It's horrible, but it's it's nerve wracking. But it, it's it's great to be part of it. Good stuff. Leo, yeah, last word. Has uh, City away mm-hmm. on uh, Boxing Day, mm. and then Chelsea away on the weekend. There you go. So that's a good chance. You know, they're going to be taking points off of each other. Mm. I'd like a draw in the so, City game, I have to say. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. You know, well, whoever, whoever happens all those that teams game, are going to come out with less than yeah. six points. Mm. So, exactly. True. True. Okay, cool. All right, so that's the uh, that's 2013 wrapped up. What have we got to look forward to for 2014? Um, we're moving on to the Arsenal Fan TV family, um, the AFTV Podcast, as it's going to be known. Um, and um, guys, what 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 are you expecting? What are your hopes for um, you know for the for 2014 with the new podcast? Well, uh, for me, it's just going to be Maybe nice to have. Right? <laughs> 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 no, I just think um, you know we've been we've you know we do this for a few weeks now, and it's become really really fun, really fun to do. Um, you know, and uh, 
but you know we don't have a huge listener base. I'm mm. hoping that you know working with the guys like with Robbie, uh, Arsenal fan TV, mm. we'll, we'll get some more listeners in. Really, mm. and um, you know they're 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 great guys. You know we had Robbie on a few weeks ago, mm. and um, it's going to be great being part of the Arsenal fan TV name. But mm. you know it's going to be the same show, really, isn't it? Yeah. Just the same same guys, um, mm. same format, pretty much. And you know we've um. I think we've been, it's been a good, good few months, hasn't it? Mm. So, uh, yeah. yeah you're going to be, do, you're going to be, do, you're going to be, you're going to be bringing up some new quizzes, aren't you? You know? Oh, well, some maybe, if that's what we want. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was just planning, yeah? planning it to, uh, fill the, fill the time if we yeah. did it like the pod last night, but, yeah. um, I think we could bring that in, don't you think, um, Leo? Oh, we can, yeah, why not? Not every well, week, you know, if we don't we'll, need we'll to. We'll try some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. I know Mo wants to make it interactive. I know, you know, a few weeks ago I tried to do the phone in and that felt flat. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. It's, it's, we're trying new things, aren't we? Yeah. But, um, and we've got to say a big, like, a big thank you to, like, for example, like Mo. Mm. I mean, it's funny that tonight it's been us three and, and, and uh, Jasper on mm. because we were the, well, you guys were the mm. very first ones. I mm. came on after a couple of weeks mm. and uh, we've done, you know, Mo came on. Um, He's got a bit of a, uh, you know, in the Garcelle community, mm. he's got a bit of a presence. Mm. So that helps out at the start. And then obviously, uh, gee, you've been, you know, managed, managed to have Ask Blog on and, mm. some, and some great. I've really enjoyed the uh, Behind Enemy Lines feature. Yeah. I thought that's really good. It'd be nice to speak to um, to all the fans. Yeah. You know, the, uh, yeah. my favourite one's probably the Cardiff one. And yeah, the United it was really one good. Was really good. Yeah. The Man United um, one was fantastic as well. I mean, but. yeah, I mean, it was good. Yeah. It's, it's nice to meet a United yeah. fan who wasn't a deluded idiot. Yeah. Um, uh, he probably could have said that, say the same about some Arsenal fans, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Especially, uh, yeah. when you read some comments after we don't win. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really fun and, uh, hopefully we can just keep growing and, uh, mm. but, you know, the, the most important part is just, it's, it's a good laugh to, yeah, to be do, honest. isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, I feel like, I feel like we cover a lot of bases, a lot mm. of opinions. Mm. Yeah, it's been really good and, um, I'm sure it will continue to be. To be good in the new year. I don't know if that's really set. That's your own bit on the poster, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want to say that we've got, we're adding two more guys that come in on seg- semi regularly. We've got a guy called Akil Vias who used to be on Arsenal, Arsenal TV Online. Was it, what was it? Look at that TV station we used to have, the Arsenal TV Online on, is AFTV. It used to come on before it got cut on, 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 on Sky. He's a regular I've never watched one. that. I know there was MUTV that's still going, yeah. but I don't remember the Arsenal one. Do you remember it, Leo? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, recognize the name, but I caught it mm. a couple of times on, right. I think it was on the Arsenal website, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it used to come yeah. on Sky as well. So we got, um, isn't it, is at 10 Akil, he's coming on. And remember, uh, Rick Breeze, the Calgary Gooner, who came yeah. on when he was interviewing the, the Man United guy. He's also going to come on. So they're going to be on semi-regularly every other week or so. Um, we've got some really big guests coming up in the new year as well. Can't wait. Um, met Hugh Wizzy earlier tonight. He's champion on the, at the bit to come on. So, you know. Well, it's been quite the roller coaster ride, hasn't it? It has. You know, it's, I remember, uh, back in August, we were just saying, well, once we get the audio down, it's <laughs> 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 really going to take off. <laughs> I do worry though, Leo, by, uh, by March, you know, Giles might stop responding to our emails and suddenly uh, <laughs> the podcast has changed days and we're not yeah, involved. He's got um, Ian Wright coming on. And, uh, <laughs> well, we're still waiting for a response, aren't we, from Mr. Wright? So. <laughs> I think Mo got a little bit excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, is, hey, 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 I've got to pinch myself every once in a while. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, I'm just a guy sitting over here at my, you know, my desk in Ohio, you know, quarter of the way around the globe, mm. 
talking to a couple guys on my phone. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's just it, it's 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 nuts, and it's been a it's been a real pleasure, and I can't it's wait. Been, to next year. It's been great just to chat to guys like Andrew from Ask Blog and, mm. and Robbie, because you know these are um, these are guys that you know I mean, and they just live Arsenal, you know. Mm. Um, and we're, we're the only reason we do this is because we all love the club, and mm. you do get uh, it's great to talk to people who you know are renowned for being great fans and, and having great opinions, and yeah, especially Arsenal fan TV, which is a real. Uh, a great thing to have mm. in the community, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, they wouldn't be surprised over the next few years to have Chelsea fan TV and all mm. these kind of things popping up because of the, the, the precedent they've set. And, mm. it, you know, we have to say uh, a big thank you for them to, to give us the opportunity mm. to come. And, and we've also and got a Frank well. Trina as well from Google oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, so, you and um, Elemist as well. And Elemist as well. Yeah. Um, and, and Rick, who's our regular editor, yeah. you know, the golfing Guna. Keeps well, us behind the scenes and make it yeah, all possible. Makes it all possible. Keeps us ticking over every week, man. Gets it out. Gets it done. Um, yes, yeah, so there's you know a lot of people to to thank for that as well. Um, I was going to say, think, well, oh. I was going to say uh, the few listeners we have over yeah. as well. Yeah. Listen every week. Exactly. 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 So PG and Zenith listens. It's nice. It's just nice to hear any feedback. Like it's good to. Um, to hear people give, you know, say that was good or this, you know, and you're an idiot. I'm yeah, like, that's cool, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just nice to know you're listening. And Gimli loved the show so much that he and uh, we, he wants to come back on in the new year as well. Guna Gimli from the Burkamp Wonderland. Uh, he, he was great as well. Yeah. Was great. Yeah, and he, also he actually gave us an award actually. He said that if he was to ever retire from Burkamp Wonderland, then the, the only other podcast that he'd love to do was the Guna Ramble. So, you know, <laughs> there you are. So, <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll keep so him on the back burner. Yeah, we'll, 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 if you uh, ever want to step down, cheers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, you're, you're already lining up a replacement set of regulars. You know, we're going to keep the standard up. You know, so um, that is really good. So you know, we're getting some good feedback. I think we're one of the underground guys, um, and hopefully, with with this AFTV and the wider coverage that we get, you know, bigger things will happen. You know. Um, yeah, so, I think, you know, do you guys want to give any kind of mentions to anyone's, any bodies in particular, or? No, just, as we've said, you know, thanks to, uh, Trina over mm. at Guna as well. I mean, mm. the only reason we're, we're doing this is because we, we, we're on the forum, and yeah. besides, uh, some of the, the more fanatical members of, of it that come up with some crazy opinion, it's a really cool place mm. to, uh, to, to discuss Arsenal and, um, Trina puts a lot of hard work into the website, so, you know, big thanks to her. How long has she been um, doing it, Leo? She's been doing it for like 10 years, isn't it? Under different well, guises, isn't it? Uh, I joined, I joined Gunnar's World in, uh, 2008, yeah, 2007, same. 2008. Yeah. She'd already been at it two or three years. Mm. So. Uh, and also, yeah, as you said, um, Elemist in the early days for yeah. doing it. I know it was, especially he was over in India as well yeah. to edit the show, but Rick as well, because, um, it's pretty, you know, most Sunday nights we do it. I go to bed by Monday morning on my way to work. It's already uploaded it's already up, yeah. on the website, and that is, exactly. um, you know, he doesn't do it for any other reason other than to be helpful, yeah. and because he, he likes doing it. And so. he, does, he keeps a blog site going as well, and that yeah, you know, oh, he'll, yeah, be, course, he'll be so involved going forward so, as well. So you know, we've got the easy job. But yeah. Well, I know you put a lot of work in as well, Giles, but you know, I just mm. turn up and talk shit mm. for an hour and a half. So <laughs> um, it, uh, overtake the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, big thanks to uh, to Rick in particular who does all the the work behind the scenes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's, um, it's a good little team we got going. Yeah, and and for anybody that does listen to this and they do want to debate or discuss, go on to the Gooners World Forum, man. 
Doonersworld.co.uk is some good guys on there. Some, there's some, you know, mad ones, but some good ones. Stay out, stay out of the knee jerk reaction. Yeah. <laughs> it does leak over to the front, but, uh, yeah. And also, like, if you want to get quite a banter going on Twitter as well, so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, did you want to say something to Cal? Oh, I was just going to say, I know, like, if you want to, I don't know if I should overextend this, but, you know, if people want to come on, like, if they want to, it's worth asking. Actually, we're always looking for new people to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not on a high horse thinking mm-hmm. that we can't take new people, like, because mm-hmm. we're, we're just like any other fan, aren't we? So, yeah. uh, whilst we're hoping to get some prestigious guests in, you know, it's, uh, it'd be good if we can get a, a good little variation of people coming on. So. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully the interactivity in the 2014 might include that. Alrighty then. So, um, for the final time, as the Gooners World podcast, let's, uh, say our goodbyes. Leo, it's a good night from you, Leo. Good night. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and wishing everybody a wonderful and prosperous 2014. Uh, Callum. Yeah, yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah, and season's greetings to one and all. Um, it's been great. It's been fantastic. We'll, we'll see you on the other side of the the calendar. Um, uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. San Sayonara. You have been listening to the Guna Ramble, the Guna's World Podcast. <laughs>